Welcome to the White Coat Life Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Certified Coach Paula White, MD. If you're a physician in academic medicine looking for skills to understand and take control of your experiences, both in work and out, this is a great place to start. Hey everyone, thanks for joining me again today. Uh, before we get started, I am going to give the dog disclaimer, which is that both of them are with me. And so hopefully we can get through this without any violent barking outbursts, but we'll see. Today, I'm drawing from the crowdsource list of requested podcast topics again. I joined a couple of them together because they're pretty related. There was another related topic on the list that we can cross right off, and that was patients wanting the results immediately. If you're using an EMR and your EMR has a patient portal, which is just about everyone these days, your patients do have their results immediately, whether they want them or not. So that one's no longer an issue. Along those lines, this is where I have a lot of sympathy and also angst for folks who struggle with their inbox. I'm ridiculous about my inbox, and I've still had more than one patient see their cancer diagnosis before I did. I can only imagine how this is going for folks who have a higher inbox load than I do and can't always get to things quickly. So now you have the abnormal results to manage, plus the panicked or upset message from the patient who saw the results first and needs more information. I've gotten to the point where I routinely tell patients these days that they will see the results before I do, and if it's something where I have a decent suspicion that the result might be something that requires surgery or other ongoing care, I try and make a plan with the patient ahead of time about how we're going to go over them together, but lots of times it's stuff that's just totally unpredictable, like an inconclusive mammogram. But anyway, that's a digression. Back to the topic at hand. I'm going to skip right to the punchline first, and then we'll go back and do a little bit of explanation. If you're frustrated or bothered by things like entitled patients and patients having unrealistic expectations, the only reason this bothers you is because you think the patients should be different. So if you want to stop being bothered by it, you just have to change how you're thinking. Wasn't that easy? Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Okay, but for real, that truly is the answer. It's not the patient's behavior that's the problem in terms of why you have feelings you don't want to have. It's your thoughts about them that make you upset and ruin your day if that's happening. So now you're probably thinking, duh, of course I'm upset when people are acting entitled or expect things that I can't deliver. And actually, you're probably not thinking, duh, because I think you have to be over 50 to say, duh, and most of you are not over 50. But whatever words come to mind, it's something along the lines of, how could I not be upset when X is happening? Am I supposed to just let people walk all over me and not care? I think you know the answer is no, but let's look at these one by one. We can start with patients' expectations. The way I see it, there are basically three reasons why patients have unrealistic expectations. One is that maybe we didn't do a good job of either outlining what is realistic, or we think we did, but we didn't check for recall. It happens sometimes, like it or not. Remember my episode on eating crow? That was one of my things I was wrong about. I thought I had explained well, and I clearly had not. So if I'm feeling angry or annoyed, with a patient having unrealistic expectations, and then after doing a little reflection on it, realize the main reason is that it's something I can do better. Being angry or annoyed with the patient, it's just deflecting emotions that are more correctly pointed at myself. So that truly is easy enough to fix. Figure out that you're really just annoyed with yourself, 
Or maybe you knew you didn't do as thorough a job as you wanted to, but you had time constraints that were beyond your control. Whatever the case may be, figure out if you can do better next time and move on. The second type of scenario where patients might have unrealistic expectations is that we did explain well, and the patient expressed understanding, and they rejected our explanation. This happens a fair amount too. A patient has symptoms or medical problems X, Y, and Z. You recommend a certain treatment or plan of care and explain that this treatment will address X and Y, but not Z. But the patient really wants it to also address Z, and maybe they know someone who did think their Z got better with this or something like that. So this is actually another easy one, as long as you know ahead of time what their unrealistic expectations are. As long as you know that you explained well and you checked for understanding, there's no reason to be upset if or when the patient is disappointed or mad that the outcome they wanted, that you counseled them wouldn't happen, doesn't. Of course they're disappointed. I mean, they basically told you ahead of time they were going to be. But you did your part and you're allowed to feel accepting. I had this happen once where a patient needed a hysteroscopy because of a very clear gynecologic issue, but the reason she wanted it had nothing to do with the gynecologic issue. She was certain it was going to alleviate a symptom in a very distant body part. I'm leaving out what the symptom was and where just to keep it anonymous. Anyway, I had lots of conversations with the patient and her main support person. I explained that there was no physiologic plausibility for a hysteroscopy to relieve that symptom, not using those words, of course. The support person got it. The patient herself was not convinced. She heard what I was saying. She just thought I was wrong. She'd had a hysteroscopy in the past and her other symptom happened to resolve right afterward. So in her understanding of how things work, it made sense to her. So I was okay with this. I mean, I would have rathered that the patient accepted what I was saying, but I felt very comfortable that I had done what I needed to do in terms of counseling. The procedure was necessary for the gynecologic issue, so we proceeded. And I wish I could remember now whether her other symptom went away or not. I was almost hoping that it would, just because the whole mind-body connection is so fascinating to me. It's incredible sometimes what the placebo effect can do. The third type of scenario where patients might have unrealistic expectations is when they have an imaginary rule book for us, or the health system, or whatever. And let's be honest, we have imaginary rule books for them too, right? Here's a common example of when those rule books clash. In our rule book, the patient should have one or maybe two issues and definitely not more than three that they want addressed in their 15-minute appointment. Seems very reasonable to us. There are only so many things that we can cover in a short amount of time, especially if we want to be thorough. Covering more than what will fit in that appointment slot means the rest of the day is going to be behind, or more likely more behind than it already is, and that means less time for the other patients and everyone being annoyed because you're running behind, and all those downstream events. In the patient's rulebook, however, it says that if they waited four months for the appointment and took time off of work and rearranged their schedule for this and probably sat in the waiting room for a while because we were probably running behind, then they should be able to expect that all of their very important issues that they've been waiting so long to talk about should get addressed. Especially since they probably can't just make another appointment next week to talk about anything that didn't get covered today for all the reasons we just listed. 
and specifically missing from their rule book is how long their appointment is because we never tell them that, do we? Patients are told their appointment start time, but never the end time. For all they know, it might be 30 minutes that they have with you every time. When you look at it that way, the rules in both rule books are perfectly reasonable from that person's perspective. They just don't match. So you can choose to manage the situation however you want. Cover as much as they want, cover only as much as you think you can, discuss or not discuss what you can reasonably offer for future appointments in order to set their expectations for next time. However you choose to proceed is up to you. But as soon as you reframe it in your mind like we just did, it starts to become easier to approach it from a place of logic and reason rather than emotion. It just turns the temperature down for you. It may or may not turn the temperature down for the patient, and that's their model to work through if they choose, because you can't control their emotions. And all of that brings us to when we think patients are entitled. It's pretty similar to the idea of unrealistic or mismatched expectations, except with a twist of attitude. At least that's what comes to mind for me when I hear the word entitled. And of course, we're using it in the opposite of the literal meaning. We're implying that the patient feels they can expect or that they deserve something that we definitely do not think is a legitimate entitlement. I think we can all agree that patients are entitled to being treated with dignity and respect, to be heard, to be treated fairly and equitably, things like that. When a healthcare provider says they think a patient is acting entitled, they obviously don't mean those things. To me, it sounds like not only is the patient expecting something that we think is unreasonable, that they know it and expect it anyway. Common examples would include things like calling after hours for clearly non-emergent things, like, say, a prescription refill for something that they still have a two-week supply of or using the portal for things that require an appointment that they've gotten clear instructions on in the past. Think about it. Someone has you paged at 11 p.m. to ask for a med refill that they definitely don't need tonight. It probably feels irritating at first glance. Aside from all the things that you might be able to do in terms of setting limits about what you will and will not accommodate, I'm offering to you that you don't need to continue to feel irritated by it. There are plenty of thoughts that you can substitute here that drive more comfortable emotions than irritated. How about, they don't know this isn't urgent. They might work during regular business hours and have the kind of job that doesn't allow them to step away and make phone calls or send portal messages. They might think this is a hotline, that someone's getting paid by the hour to sit by the phone and answer questions. I might be misunderstanding the urgency of this. That last one has happened to me on the patient end. The exact details don't matter, just that the very smart and caring doctor on the other end of my phone call didn't immediately grasp the level of urgency and I had to do some explaining, which is something that a patient might not feel comfortable trying to do. Whatever the scenario is, there are plenty of thoughts like that that you can come up with that might be true and don't leave you so crabby. And here's where you have to take a little bit of a leap of faith. It doesn't matter whether your substitute thought is true. You can choose to believe it's true, and you don't need proof. In fact, you might have substantial evidence that it's not true, but you can choose to believe it anyway. Remember how it's okay to be delusional sometimes? 
your very logical brain, which has been trained for decades that you have to figure out what's correct and what's incorrect, is going to want to reject this idea. Be patient. It takes some time. The reason you don't need to know whether it's true or not is that this event already happened. And so what you decide to believe about it doesn't change the fact that it already happened. And it also doesn't change the possibility of it happening again. And it also doesn't influence how the patient is feeling right now. What you choose to believe impacts your own emotions. And that's all. And that potentially can affect your long-term well-being. If you allow yourself to stew in this indignation over and over again, it's going to have an effect on you. And again, choosing to believe a better story right now in the moment does not exclude the option of also doing some brainstorming on what sort of limits you can set and what you can do to reduce the chance of this happening again in the future. And to wrap up, I'm sure that everyone listening wishes that they could be the kind of doctor who didn't get upset at their patients and wishes they could always give the patient the benefit of the doubt and wishes they didn't jump to conclusions sometimes. Unfortunately, we're all human, and so sometimes we do. But we can learn how to recognize when it's happening, and we can learn how to redirect. So go ahead and be a little delusional sometimes. You might enjoy it. Thanks for joining me again today. Come back next week. We're going to do a little bit more on a similar topic. Opinions or views on this podcast or on my website are my own and should not be attributed to my employer.